We're back. We're still talking. Fox and Fallon, Courtney Fallon, Tanya Ray Fox. Those are our real names. <laughs> what is happening? And we're going to talk about real sports. <laughs> it's one of the most insane intros. I'm obsessed with it. I cannot believe this is happening, especially on today, this day. Just mere, mere days since you became Tom Brady's best friend. I can't wait to talk about that later on in the podcast. Listen. It's me, it's Dante Stallworth, it's Ricky Fowler. <laughs> it's- I, I can't I can't wait to tell the story about how Tom Brady wished me a happy birthday. I fully plan on printing out that tweet on a large poster board with styrofoam and hanging it in my room. Details Over- details oh. to come on that. We De- don't want to we don't want to give away too much. However, there is a um it's one of the better stories we'll be ever be able to tell on this podcast and luckily we're going to be able to sneak it into episode 7. So in the meantime, we're going to make you listen to us talk about the NFL schedule, just like the rest of America has been talking about. Is the NFL schedule release day that gets leaked 12 hours before it actually comes through? Yeah. Tanya, is that more of an important holiday in the NFL year schedule than the NFL draft that's next week? It's starting to feel like it. I mean, obviously it's not, but like... This, this is, first of all, this is a new phenomenon. You and I have been in the industry for a while. And even in the Twitter days, you know, Twitter's been going on. This NFL schedule freak out is just the last couple of years. Like it's, we're still new to it. We were forming our show today and we're still figuring out like, what, why do people care this much about this? Um, but I think as we went through it, we, we kind of figured it out ourselves because the more you think about these matchups and the more you think about last season and all the stories that are playing out and the changes that have happened and the changes that are going to happen over the draft, the more you realize like, yeah, this is getting me kind of hype. Like we're in the middle of NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs and I'm getting kind of hyped for Patriots Ravens. You know? I, I think the real sports fans are pretty angry that Cleveland has taken over the airwaves, the headlines, all of the hype. They've sent national reporters to Cleveland for their schedule release. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing to me that half of the responses, as uh, some of you might know, the listeners of our show, we sent out a tweet and a post on Instagram, asked you to rate your favorite games, the ones that you're most excited for. 50%, 50% of the responses involved a game on the Cleveland Browns schedule. I can understand why that is. Sure. Tanya, does that surprise you at all? I would say that um, it doesn't surprise me just because everybody's looking for the new next big thing. Like we keep every year. It's another, it's another story about how the Patriots are the Kings of the AFC and everybody's been waiting for somebody else to top them. And last year it was supposed to be the chiefs. And then, you know, for a while it was like, maybe it's the Colts and they're both sort of fraught franchises in their own way. The Colts are still trying to, like, get out from underneath the Peyton Manning years, not Shadow. And Andy Reid loses in the playoffs. He just, like, even when he's at his very best, he loses in the playoffs. And the Browns are a clean slate. Like, we don't really know what to expect from them, so we can actually put our own expectations on the blank piece of paper that is the 7-8-1 and 2018. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You're saying that the hype is coming from this team that has lost – more games in the history of the NFL, I think, than any franchise. Yeah, I mean, at least in recent, like, I mean, in the last 20 years, they've easily been the worst team in the league. I, I think I was listening to Mike the Miz. Uh, Ooh, to, I Mike, love Mike the Miz. Mike the Miz was on part of my take and was talking about, because he's from Ohio, and they used to call the Brown Stadium 
the stadium of sadness. It was just, <laughs> I mean, and so every Browns fan got one of these coolers that was kind of nationally recognized. And he talked about that when they finally won their first game, how it magically unlocked because it's like Bud Light had some code that opened. And I mean, it was, it was the greatest moment of his life. I mean, we're talking about, uh, listen, I'm hyped for Freddie Kitchens because as much as we wanted that guy with like that Rex Ryan belly, who was like the the oh, like the God, defensive line coach? Yeah. I I can't think of his name off the top of my head, so I'm just gonna keep moving the conversation. All I can think about is that belly moving. Uh, that well belly, uh, yeah. yeah. Freddie Kitchens is kind of like that southern that southern charm. You know, I'm gonna kick your ass. Sounds like a real football guy. The Browns went five and three after you know Hugh Jackson was fired last year, and it's a kind of a situation similar to like when Dan Campbell took over after Joe Philbin was fired. Yeah, the team is gonna play harder and run faster and practice better and be happier in general. They're going to win more games. Well, they I certainly win. They, I hope they win more games than Dan Campbell and the Dolphins. Uh, well, I mean, well, I, they still went, they still did pretty well that season, but yeah, Freddie Kitchens, the, the Browns went five and three after Freddie Kitchens took over the team as offensive coordinator. He was hired, but we are still talking about a team that is seven, eight and one last year. There's so much hype. I get it. There's so much hype around this. I think it's it's more of the hype that people are more excited for the combination of seeing Odell Beckham streaking down a field wide open and catching 85-yard passes and touchdowns with one hand, more so than like the Browns are going to win this game because they're a fundamentally sound football team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to get excited about the idea of Odell Beckham and, you know, Mayfield to Beckham in the end zone and then they do their dances. I mean, they're both notoriously good dancers. I'm ready for some good highlights and some good gifts and all of that stuff. Um, you know, you when you put out those tweets in those in the Instagram post, we actually got some good responses and a lot while a lot of them did have the Browns in them, we got some good ones that didn't. I know um your guy Mike Pouncey responded and, and he's looking for a revenge game kind of. I think yeah? I, there's a couple of things that um media members kind of seek out on these matchups it's okay the the overall schedule takeaway it's like the toughest games on the schedule the easiest games on the schedule the revenge games and then the prime time bouts right right so the revenge games are like everyone's favorite games and i know that i had picked a couple of revenge games you had picked a couple of revenge games but i mean mike pouncey who played for years with the dolphins uh they kind of were having a fire sale of coaches front office staff players and he leaves and has a, a lost dude. <laughs> he has a major season with the Los Angeles Chargers. Absolutely. In the small StubHub Center. I think they renamed that center. That uh, the, the Did they? I, they might. I think yeah. they might have. It was StubHub last year, I think. Um, not sure. All I know is that it's got like thirty thousand people. Uh, continuing the, it's it's like the Fenway Park of like shitty small stadiums. Sure. I mean, his, his chemistry, he's a great center. And he had a, he had a breakout season with the Chargers, and he's looking for a week four Chargers-Dolphins rematch revenge game. That's the one that he has circled on the schedule. And yeah, it's, I, I get it. Um, I personally am not looking forward to Chargers-Dolphins myself. No, I think I mean that's either. a personal guy for, for Mike Pouncey, and that makes a lot of sense. And we also heard from, um, from Kenny Hamilton, who is Justin Bieber's... Bodyguard? He, he's like right? formerly, I mean, I think he's just an entrepreneur now, but he was formerly the head of security. Formerly for associated, uh, the the man formerly known as. The man formerly. doing something. Formerly, for formerly yeah. in charge of the beeps. So Prop- he responded to your thing and he, he's, he included, of course, the Browns. He was, he's looking at Rams Browns, which is interesting because 
Um, in these matchups, it's always hard to do cross conference, you know, like I feel like I don't really know what the stakes are for Rams Browns in terms of it being a huge game. I just, I think that there's maybe a, maybe a, uh, up and coming young coach who just lost the Super Bowl. Goff is still kind of figuring out his stuff. Maybe they're looking to see, Hey, like how does Freddie kitchens and his boy maker Baker Mayfield match up with the powerful duo of Goff and McVay. But I mean, cross conference can be a big deal. And like, it's very rare, but this year we have Patriots Cowboys. And that was something that you saw a lot in your responses as well. And I think that people are really, that might be one of the only non-Browns games that's getting as much hype as all of the ones we just talked about. Our first fan shout out goes to uh, JRNZ10 who wrote on our Fox and Fallon Instagram page. I loved this take because there was also a couple other people that said Patriots Cowboys. But he said that he's read from rival fans that they're calling this the hate bowl. Oh my God, that's perfect. The two most hated teams in the NFL playing each other. I could not agree more. I mean, again, whether it's the hate bowl, it's America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, versus America's team 2.0, that is the New England Patriots. Right. What could be better? Yeah, I mean, the the New England Patriots are everything that the Cowboys still think they are, right? Yeah. They're perennial winners. They're, they have one of the, you know, most recognizable brands in the world. They have this really high-end owner. And they actually, they win. And the Cowboys have, haven't won a thing in over two decades. And so, but they still have the biggest, that blue star still transcends their success, their failures, all of that. They're still such a big brand. And... Let's be honest, they they looked really good last year. Did they look like they could win a Super Bowl? No. However, the, if they can go and beat the Patriots this year, that's a marquee win. Obviously, you have to you have to compile other wins. It's not about one game. But there could be a potential changing of the guard. We could be there could be America's team 2.0 as you put it, handing the reins back to Dallas. Whoa, that was pretty bold. And I completely disagree with your hot take. It's Although, not, no, let me clarify. Oh, it's whoa, not whoa. my take. I don't think this handing is, the reins I'm, back I'm, to no, the Cowboys. I'm, I didn't say that, I, but I'm telling you, that's this is these are things that could happen if they win. I don't personally. I've never thought that the Cowboys have things solved because I don't think Dak Prescott is the guy that's going to win them a Super Bowl. But I can see how this could turn into a narrative changing, a sort of generationally changing game. I think that the Cowboys. Late in the season, Ezekiel Elliott uh, just it, it, he just turned on another switch of like like playoff LeBron. I mean, like Zeke Elliott was just running over people mm-hmm. on another level of dominance. That's why the Cowboys made such a splash late in the season, and their defense, their linebackers are pretty young. They've got, I mean, they have amazing Landon Landon Vanderesh is like is like the new neck guy, you know, like the the meme with like, hey, like. How how is it in your neck of the woods like breakout season as a rookie? Taco Charlton's pretty good. Their secondary is solid. I think that it was the defense that really carried them late in the season. The reason that the Cowboys hype always stays there, I guess, and why the Cowboys story is so interesting is Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, two of the most powerful owners in the league. Um, they're always kind of at the forefront of the NFL meetings. They're really they control the power, but they're also Kind of like the bad boys of the league. Sure, yeah. yeah. Certainly had their run-ins. I, I think what what I do respect about Jerry Jones is that not only did he, you know, buy buy the Cowboys over Donald Trump, and after Donald Trump passed on buying the Cowboys in like 1988 for 
$8 million and said, I feel bad for whoever the loser is that has to buy them. And now Jerry Jones is laughing his face with a $6 billion franchise. Jerry Jones is someone that just keeps consistency in the front office. And I think he's very forgiving. It doesn't matter. They're, you know that they're going to lose in the first or second round of the postseason. Yeah. Well, I but mean, the Cowboys the, are always, they're always going to compete. They're always going to be in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think that like... Um, Tanya the Hapel, when was the last time, Tanya, that the Dallas Cowboys beat the New England Patriots? Courtney, that's a wonderful question. Drum roll. <laughs> The last time the Cowboys beat the Patriots was in 1996, my friend. Yeah, they've played five games since then. I mean, they play every four to five years, depending on how the schedule shakes out. But um, the last 1996. Time met, yeah, the, that's almost like four decades ago, three yeah. decades ago. I mean, I don't even like I was in like third grade or whatever. I don't even remember 1996. 1996, yeah. I was nine years old. Um, actually, the 1996 season was the year that the, the Patriots went Patriots to the went Super to the Bowl, Super Bowl but, and they lost um, to the. Packers. But they did lose to the Dallas Cowboys that year. However, that was the last time, and and the last time they played was in 2015. Um, Tony Romo was not the Cowboys quarterback at the time because he was out. So it was Brandon Whedon. Um, and they beat their asses. They won 30-6 to six in that game. It was week five. They always play sort of like the first um, part of the second quarter of the season, so week five, week six. And it's really been kind of a beatdown. The closest they, they really came in 2011, they, it was a 20-16 to 16 game. And it was, you know, it's like these are the kind of games that the Patriots win. You know, if they, if they run up on the Cowboys when they're crap, they're going to get their asses blown out. And if they run up on the Cowboys when they're having a good day, they're going to win, you know, a one-possession game. So – it's kind of hard to like look at the way Brady and Belichick have played against their NFC opponents in general and think the Cowboys can come out of this with a win. Um, they just play those games really tight, uh, and they're and they're in the history is there, which is why I kind of say like if there's if the Cowboys were to be able to pull this off, it would be a pretty big deal for them. So we will see. But I, I love the hate bowl. You're like, that guy that sent that to you is amazing. Yes, That's thank perfect. you. Thank you for your tweet. And what do you think about one of your other responses, which I, I believe was Browns at Jets? That's someone someone's looking forward to. The, um, Shea Butter twelve nineteen said the Browns and Jets. He wished it was on Sunday night. There was a lot of these games actually. By the way, um, that we were looking at the schedule. Like, how is this not flexed to a primetime game? Yeah, for sure. Um, Browns and Jets, two teams fighting for respect for their young quarterbacks, and that is a great point. Again, it is yeah. Sam Darnold now paired with Le'Veon Bell in New York City. They've got a lot of up and coming linebackers. There's a lot of promise for that New York Jets team. They're no longer the redheaded stepchild of MetLife Stadium. Fresh They've, coaching. Fresh coaching. They've come out on top as kind of the wild card favorite in the AFC to compete distantly with the Patriots. Sure, yeah. I, I, my big question with a lot of these matchups of, you know, two young quarterbacks, again, as we can sense that the league is shifting towards they just changed those Pass interference penalties. It's going to be more of an offensive game this year. They're going to see higher points. You saw how excited everyone was for that Chiefs Rams game that went 56, oh, 57. Yeah, I mean, but that's losing their minds. There's like no defense. People are, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where the where the league is going. How many of these Browns games with young matchups is it going to be just completely offensive oriented? Well, I mean, it's hard to tell too because like, you're right, but they all also aren't this kind of they aren't, the, they aren't as skilled as the quarterbacks that were in the Rams-Saints um, game, right? So it's like, I mean, Goff had, is on a little bit of a different level than Mayfield and Darnold are at this point. And so, you know, you get these guys in there, and maybe we are going to have a resurgence season or an outbreak season for either one or both of them, and we might see that. Um, but sometimes you get these guys into these games, and it actually turns into um, defense by default, 
you know, the offense is dynamic and making a lot of big plays, but also making a lot of big mistakes. And those teams both seem like teams that are going to make massive plays and make amazing highlights and also have some really big letdowns because they're going to be, you know, they're going to be putting it all out there. And when you put it all out there, you eventually get burned. Um, And that's where their defenses are going to get the chance to shine. And, I mean, you brought it up when we were talking about the Browns. The Browns have some players on that side of the ball. And the Jets are a very good offensive team. I mean, the Jets were – I mean, defensive team. The Jets were one of the better defenses last year. I mean, they have a really good squad, and they got better this year. So, you know, while the game continues to get offensive, I completely agree with you. Like, every year points records are getting broken and passing yard records are getting broken – um, those two teams specifically seem primed to have a couple breakout moments for their defense as well. And it'll look good for their coaches if they do. Tanya, my thoughts on seeing the Rams and Saints rematch of the NFC Championship game being buried in a 1 o'clock LA time game on week two. I, I think that was specifically pointed out as by the commissioner as a game that needed to be pushed under the rug early in the season and not have anyone talk about what happened last season. You're 100% right. We talked about this a little bit earlier and you you literally hit the nail on the head. There is that to, for that game to be a 125 start in week 2, no prime time, no buzz, no frills is a, is a statement that we are moving beyond what happened last year. We're going to try to wipe it from your memories and if you Try to bring it up. We're going to bury this game in week two. And that is exactly what they did. Any other situation like this, an NFC championship game rematch, and you're going to put it in week two, one of the most controversial endings to a game we've ever seen. It has carried through the offseason. And and frankly, it carried through even Super Bowl week um, in a way that we'd never seen before. And the fact that the, it, they put it where they did is not an accident. Uh, and it's kind of funny. Like, it's so transparent that it's almost like making it worse. <laughs> you know, it's like they're embarrassing themselves by trying to act like it didn't happen. Speaking of the other AFC Championship game, uh, Chiefs and Patriots, week 14. It's not a night game. I think it's I think it's a Fox game, 425, America's game of the week. Look, we all know that the Chiefs and the Patriots are going to be, I mean, who else knows? It could be the Browns or whatnot. But as of right now, the Chiefs are a fantastic team that are set up to win for years and years to come. The excitement of watching Patrick Mahomes. He is in the national spotlight every Sunday. The sidearm throws. It's like, what else can Patrick Mahomes do? This is going to be a big game. You know, the Patriots prevailed in that 37-31 overtime miracle victory. Um, 54 million people watched that game. Really? It was that high. It was that high. and Oh, because it went to overtime. And yeah. once it goes to overtime, that's when everybody spikes. They're like, oh, crap, we got to watch this. Well, I mean, but the, the, you have to remember that during the regular season, the Patriots barely eked out that game 43-40 mm-hmm. to 40 mm-hmm. in week six. Yeah. So this is a, a turning point game, at least in my eyes, that I want to see that rematch of two really good football teams, well-rounded football teams, yeah, defensively. Yeah. Defensively, uh, quarterback-wise, you know, well, the Chiefs got a lot better defensively in the offseason so far. I mean, getting Taron Matthew and some of the other players that they've I mean, they they obviously lost D Ford, but like you said, Barry. Yeah, but they're but they're actually re overhauling that defense because it was so bad last year. It'll actually be really interesting to see if they can if they can kind of like debut against the team that caught them with their pants down in the AFC championship game. Because that's exactly what the Patriots did to them. I mean, they were not prepared to deal with what the Patriots threw at them offensively. And and that this is going to be a massive test for Andy Reid. Well, it's a massive test, and it's also 
so late in the season that they're going to, once again, the winner of this game is going to decide home field advantage. Yeah, exactly. Throughout the playoffs. That's a good point. Yeah, a good point. Uh, you know, so I love that. There was a funny one that William Olive 2 sent you, and I like ab- I just absolutely loved it. He sent this to us. Dolphins at Giants, battle for the number one overall pick, question mark. Burn! I mean, it's so perfect because Burn. That's, it's, it, it, it is kind of, we Wait, joke you, about how, not wanting to watch bad football games, when especially when there's so many good listen, football games Listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick Sunday. plays for the Dolphins now. It's going to uh, be. Excuse me, Fitzmagic, get yourself together. It's Ryan Fitzmagic. It is the power of the winter beard. Yeah, I mean, did you see his, so side note, we're going to get off track here, but over the week, this past week, it came out that Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, he well, he was admitting that he'd put on some off-season weight. If you've seen some pictures of him, some Jameis Winston weight, and extra not, crab legs, not the same. However, similar sort of Dude, situation, you, but he's not actually trying to lose any of the weight quite yet. He said this is his off-season shape, and he blamed it on his seven children and all of the birthday cake he's been eating. So this. Let's leave aside the fact that this man can't turn down a piece of cake. Number one, but number two, did you were you aware that Ryan Fitzpatrick had seven kids? I had no idea that he had seven <laughs> children. I listen, twist and tie those tubes, sir. Was it Antonio Cromartie? Like like Philip Rivers being two right? players short of a full football squad. Unreal. What is it? Okay, yeah. I mean, listen, he's made a lot of money in his career. I'm just surprised that that Carson Palmer doesn't have twenty thousand kids because he's made about like. He made about like $170 million in his career with barely any playing time. So, I mean, the and smart like five ones. knees. Yeah, I know. It's a smart, really, the smart ones. <laughs> the smart ones stop at maybe two to three children. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that that is even funnier that basically Ryan Fitzpatrick is just admitting that he's sitting at these birthday parties chugging beer and eating cake trying to drown his sorrows while his wife is trying to take care and put diapers on like his... 80,000 children. Right. And yeah, I mean, the- can you, can you get this like image in your head of like, of like, you know, one of like his young kids probably like, he probably has to like hold or watch one of them. He's watching football, chugging beer with like, like two pieces of cake on the side on the couch. And like one of his kids probably stroking his beard, like daddy, daddy. And he's like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the late autumn of my career. I just need to have my moment in the off season to be fat and be a grown man. It's funny that you said that too, because with the money, because like there is a level of Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's actually made a lot of money and he's been like successful enough that he could retire and be done with this. But now we, you know, we find out that he has all these kids that he's supporting and it's like, well, guess we're going to fucking do this again with Miami. We're going to, we're going to overhaul this. I'm going to do one more year with Miami and see what I can do. And and so we're going to have fat Fitzpatrick and old washed up sort of maligned Eli Manning like this it's almost oh. enough of a dumpster fire that I'm ready for it so I agree with our boy William Olive too he nailed it the suck fat give me all of the suck listen Tanya I would be very remiss if I didn't mention the fact that as uh New England natives we have to root for the Dolphins to some extent because Brian Flores former defensive line coach of the Patriots, is now the head coach of the Dolphins. Can I tell you something funny that 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 reminds me of? What? Uh, Brandon Bolden, who is newly reunited with the Patriots, was on the Dolphins last year, and he had a great game against the Patriots in Miami. Uh, And he talked about how when he was down in Miami, he actually heard Bill Belichick's voice in his head when he was, like, kind of screwing up or not doing something right. And he would genuinely, like, hear his voice in his head and coach himself the way Bill Belichick would coach him while he was playing for the Dolphins. And all I can think about is, like, now 
There's this like very incestuous AFC East thing happening where Brandon Bolden's back with the Patriots. Adam Gase, who apparently wasn't coaching him at all, is now with the Jets. And the Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator is now coaching Miami. So they're going to be as close to, you know, Bill Belichick as they possibly. It's very, it's just very funny how this entire, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of swapping of ideas and players and coaches. And then there's the Bills. I, you know what though, here's, and you can't, you can't forget that Nick Casario was almost the general manager of the Miami Dolphins a few years ago. But the Patriots held him back. But I mean, the whole thing with Casario almost going down to be That's the GM, crazy, yeah. to be the GM, it was it was a complete BS ploy. It yeah. was like it was like the Patriots being mean and drain like testing a puppet in front of the Dolphins, say, "Oh, you want our personnel guru and master?" Yeah, and and like they like Bill was like, "Yeah, just go down there and just kind of tease them." And then Casario basically just wanted more money than the Patriots were offering, so. He wound up staying. Anyways, our last shout out on the podcast goes to Patriots fangirl Brianna, friend of the Fangirl Sports Network, the CEO Tracy Sandler, very good friend of ours. Um, She says, and I mean, she basically said what everyone else is thinking, Patriots, Browns, week eight. It's weird for me to say that. I'm looking at this schedule. I didn't even know. I, I don't know where this comes in the Patriots schedule. I was just giving that a first glance because glance, clearly I've done a careful surgical dissection of the Browns season. You <laughs> as know? everyone has. Yeah, yeah every, as everyone else has. They're coming off a bye and playing in New England. Yeah. It's going to um, be a really interesting game, especially because you said it's week eight, right? It's like the halfway point. Like we're starting to figure out which t- what teams really are at that point. And, um, and Brianna made, you know, she made the point that it's like it's weird to say – I'm excited for Browns at Patriots. That would usually be a gimme game, you know, or a game the Patriots are like, hey, let's you know, let's roll out the second string for a little while in the early in the game. And and that's not the case this year. It is actually pretty interesting. And like you said, they're going to come in rested. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, like we we said this earlier in the show. We don't actually know what the Browns are going to be. They could be one in seven by the time they hit. Like, well, truly, we don't know. But um, the hopes are that it's a that it's a premier game, and we can start leaving the Steelers in the dust, and the Browns can be the new uh, the new big dogs in the AFC North. I just feel really bad for Cleveland sports fans at the fact that we're reminding ourselves right now that it is April. We're talking about football that's going to be happening in five months. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Indians are number one in. <laughs> In their division, okay? I mean, uh, Corey Kluber is going to be another Cy Young Award winner. Tito! I, I mean, but, like, are, are we... Is, can we talk... I, I feel bad for Browns fans. Like, the rest of them are like, hey, can we still talk about everything that's going on during baseball season? Yeah, since it is baseball season. I know. I mean, but we could be saying the same thing. We have two... We have. Two teams in the playoffs in Boston right now, and we're talking about the Patriots. I mean, it's, you know, everybody, that's the, that's the king of the NFL. Now, we've given everybody their due. We've given everybody their sounding board. I don't, we've shared I, some thoughts. However, however, you and I have a couple games that we would like to discuss. We want, we picked our favorites, um, the, the games that we're looking forward to the most. Uh, I, you know, this is difficult because I'm obsessed with the NFL, as are you. Every week there's a game I'm excited to watch. I mean, but here's the thing, Tanya. I, us sitting here and picking out games. Do we not Do we not mention the fact that Russell Wilson just became the highest paid quarterback in NFL history and no one is talking about it? I think 
people are talking about it. I I don't really think anyone's talking about it. I mean, it's just it's just not surprising because every time a marquee quarterback gets a new contract, it's the biggest contract in the league. So it's it's I think people are just started start starting to get immune to it and. He does deserve his money, so it's more like it's it's a little less creepy than like when Jimmy Garoppolo got it, you know. But yeah, um, I already talked about one of my two favorites. That was Week 14, Patriots Chiefs. We kind yes. of went through that. Good one. Um, my second one is a bad blood bath game. Bad blood ba- bowl. Bad blood bowl. Bad blood gate. Are we still? Are we still? Are we, every, well, is every it a scandal? scandal? I don't know. It definitely is a scandal. Okay. Le'Veon Bell returning to play. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, good. I, I also love the fact that Steelers fans are just crying their eyes out. The fact that the Patriots are unveiling banner number six in front of them. I just I can't believe it. And then I see the comments of the fans are like, we should be motivated. All right. Ben Roethlisberger is left alone on an island. He got rid of the two people that he hated the most. Le'Veon Bell admitted the fact that he left Pittsburgh because of Ben Roethlisberger. He was the problem. Um, we all know about Antonio Brown. I don't even want to mention his goddamn name on this podcast anymore. Le'Veon Bell going back to play the Steelers. He talked so much shit last year. Is he a bigger shit talker than AB? I'm not so sure. Is he going to keep his mouth shut? Is he going to be happy now? I think it was a lot of the fact that he was unhappy with the Steelers. They weren't giving him his contract. He goes back to play an upstart Jets team. The winner of this game on December 22nd, is for sure going to lock in a wild card seat. Yeah, you know, it's funny because if the Jets turn out to be the team that they could be, if they if they rise to their potential, I guess, is if they if they hit their the top of what they can be, um, they could be, there could be a changing of the guard. You know, the Steelers are as dysfunctional as they come in the locker room. So talented, but very dysfunctional. The Jets could, you know, this could be a changing of the guard. And, and Le'Veon Bell signaling that, being the catalyst for that. Oh, he's going to be so nice. It's such a great story. It's like, it's like, just like we were mentioning about Zeke, you know, feeding the Zeke and just absolutely just running and turning up another gear, sixth gear, seventh gear. I mean, he was like a fucking Ferrari late in the season. I think Le'Veon Bell is just going to absolutely unleash. He might run 200 yards in that game. I couldn't agree more. Um, Staying in the NFC North, because why not? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to... Are you gonna are you gonna drop some um, some Bears Packers on me hundredth year of the of the NFL? Oh, I said NFC North. I meant AFC North. Oh, well, well, okay. That's okay. fair enough. You called me out on that. Okay, one. no, 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 that's no, fine. no. I'm, I I am... do love me some Bears Packers. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Bears Packers to open the season. Everybody's yep. excited. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going Ravens at Patriots November third, week nine. It's a Sunday night football game. Um, the Ravens look weirdly good again, but in a way that's a little unfamiliar to us. Um, Lamar Jackson is. An exciting player. He's still a bit of an unknown, but clearly so talented. I like the idea that uh, John Harbaugh is getting to start over with a new quarterback. He's, you know, there was some rumors that he might not stay. He did. And uh, they, you know how I feel about them getting Earl Thomas. I'm very excited about that. So um, it's one of those things where it's just like the Ravens play the Patriots really well every time. And they also don't give a shit about coming, coming into New England. They don't, they play well in Gillette. They are not afraid. And granted, this isn't the same team that they were when they were beating them in the playoffs, but it's the same mentality. The Ravens are one of the few franchises in the league that maintains their identity, no matter who's really at the helm. And John Harbaugh carries that. In. I mean, nobody gets more, more annoyed by Bill Belichick than John Harbaugh. There's oh, like yeah. a lot of grudging respect there. They're, it's just a great dynamic. And I'm excited to see 
um, a really premier AFC matchup. I think they're just like the ultimate whistleblowers on the Patriots bullshit. Always. Except for the Colts. The Colts number one, Ravens number Colts two. number one, yeah. and the, but the Ravens are just notoriously for sure pointing fingers late in the season. Continue. Well, it's funny that you brought up the Colts because that's my second one is Colts at Chiefs. So the true heirs to the AFC are not in Cleveland. It's not in Pittsburgh. It's not in New York. You're like really high on the Colts and you have been. I'm high on the Colts. Um, I'm high on them a lot in a lot of ways because they have it. They're going to have an incredible draft. They have a ton of picks. They still have a ton of cap space. They've just been built really well. And I don't know if it's going to happen this year or next year. I really hope it happens for them this year if it's going to happen at all because Andrew Luck is not getting any younger. Um, but I had written them off. I thought Andrew Luck was done. And the way he played last season really blew my mind. He is yeah. back at he's back on his bullshit. And yeah. it is so good. It's so good to see him killing it. And they just have everything they need. They have great coaching. They have a really good GM. They just have outside of their bizarre owner who has generally stayed out of the way recently, they're a good team. And and I don't need to talk about the Chiefs. We've talked about the Chiefs over and over again. They're they're amazing. I, I love it. Even though Jim Ursay is like constantly on his BS. I, this, and it's like, it's like, he's like the Bill Walton of the NFL. I know I kind of bring up that Bill Walton comparison, but he's just off his rocker. Yeah. The one who was crazier than Jim Ursay was Bill Pullian. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're definitely in a much better spot now that they are revamped from the crazy Bill Pullian days. Their fans still hate the Patriots as much as they ever of course. did. And that's fine. Um, but I do think that this is going to be a game that the Colts have to win if they want to, if they want to prove themselves in my eyes, you know, if they want to live up to my expectations as a game, they have to win. So I'm really looking forward to it. I realize Tanya, we've been going a little long. That's totally fine. Just shows our passion for the NFL. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a little fun, little gimmicky game has to center in around what happened a few days ago on my birthday. Yeah. I, I, did you see? I can't I mean, think of anything more important happening in the world than <laughs> what occurred on your birthday. Because not only was I at work and sort of witnessing this in real time, but I then got to witness it on my text messages when you were losing your mind. Please tell the good people what happened on your birthday. All right. So um, seven years ago... Uh, there was a reporter that got a uh, on-air wish on one of her shows from a couple of the Patriots in the locker room, and uh, Tom Brady like swished back his hair and he's like, "Hey, happy birthday!" And like when I saw that, I just I like lost my mind. I was so angry. I was super jealous. And I mean, everyone else was losing their minds. They were like, "Oh my god, that he just wished you a happy birthday!" So um, in my revenge, like six months later, I told my boyfriend at the time that I was living with, I was like. Babe, I want a birthday cake. The only thing I want on my birthday is for Tom Brady to wish me happy birthday. So I went to the local cake shop and I said, can I have like a, a really big red velvet cake? They're like, oh, sure. What do you want? And I was like, I want you to write happy birthday, Courtney, love Tom Brady. And I, I, I mean, it was the funniest thing ever. It still is funny. And I always, I had this picture of the cake. And for years I was kind of waiting for the moment. Um, Cause of course I was working for NFL network, uh, you know, last couple birthdays. Uh, and I was just like, dude, like, they're not going to like this. Like, this no. is like, this is like a number one rule breaking. Like, you cannot be a cheerleader there. Home um, life. Home, home life. life yeah. Life. I mean, yeah. again, everyone knows in the podcast, they've called me a homer my whole life. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, this is the year that I'm going to do it because I don't really care. Um, So I sent out a tweet. And I didn't really notice that Brady was on Twitter until 
I kind of had seen, oh, he commented on the Darren, <laughs> he commented on the Darren Ravel crazy one shining moment dance where he just made himself look like an idiot and got yeah. a million views. He commented, he's like, wow, my time on Twitter is really great. Like I'm done now. I was just having the shittiest day ever. A friend that passed away recently, I've had a lot of things that have just gone the other way in my life. And I just was like, wow, it's my birthday and I'm looking for apartments. <laughs> like this right. is really just kind of a, a bad day. And I'm sitting on my couch and I, th I honest to God, Tanya, thank God I was sitting down. I was just, I, I almost fainted. Like my hands started shaking. I was like, I can't believe he responded. And Tom Brady responded and said, hey, you could have just asked me. Like you didn't have to write it on a cake. Like I love party favors, the cake place too. Happy birthday though. And like people were going nuts and my phone was blowing up. I had to turn my tweets off. It was just a, a moment that I just, I wasn't like super fan happy, but I was just like, wow, that was special. And I, I wanted to kind of bring this up on the podcast as suddenly it was like, it was like that one moment that I just had, I've had the worst couple of weeks in my really, truly of my entire life. It was that one moment, it was a single small gesture that I finally realized what it felt like to be a fan, to be a little person. And the impact that each of these athletes have on the people and their acts of gratitude and kindness. And it just, it really moved me to tears. Like I couldn't, I, I know that that sounds like very fan or horrorish, but you really don't know what someone is going through personally with their hardships. And like that small moment just changed my entire, my entire outlook on my day on my birthday. Yeah. You, you know, really, you did need a, a bright spot on your birthday and it was kind of perfect because um, we would had just, you had actually just told me that story pretty recently about the birthday cake and Tom Brady just got on Twitter and there's just like a lot of things that sort of coalesced perfectly to give you this moment. And the fact of the matter is we are fans at heart. Um, and you know, tomorrow we could be, get the opportunity of a lifetime and go up in front of Tom Brady and interview him with all of the professionality in the world. I mean, listen, However, yes, that continue. doesn't take away from the fact that in some moments it's just cool to be, you know, people forget we were kids when Tom Brady took over as the Patriots quarterback. This isn't somebody that we that we came into life when he was adult and I we were adults. We were 14 years old when he became the starting quarterback of the Patriots. We're now in our 30s. This has been a lot of our life. There is, you know, it, this isn't just any any sort of person, and it's a it's a massive deal. And the the best part about it was he took the perfect tone. I you know, know he just 100%. like nailed it. It's just classic Brady, just understanding exactly what was happening. He's like, this is amazing. It's just like he understood that it was both sort of like self admittedly crazy but cute, and like you were just it was very lighthearted. And, you know, he doesn't actually, the crazy part is he doesn't, it's not like he's responding to everybody on Twitter. No, he's responded to maybe like seven five, people. Really, like really yeah. five people. It's Dante yeah. Fowler, Dante Skullworth, like maybe a couple others. I yeah. mean, so and it was, it was just a, it was awesome. And, and I had been watching Brady's Twitter. This is what I was going to tell you. I'd been on, cause I'm, you know, constantly on Twitter for work and checking things out. And so I'd been checking Brady's Twitter for like two minutes before he tweeted at you. And then you said that to me. I'm like, I was literally just on his page. It was bizarre. It was just like one of those things where I'm like, this is the perfect timing. It's so great and funny and such a great anecdote. And we'll be able to tell it forever. And hey, I screenshots mean, listen, don't lie, guys. Yeah, I, screenshots don't lie. I also think that it was perfect timing 
that I finally revealed um, really like the greatest invention ever. When you want your favorite athlete to wish you a happy birthday, you should just go ahead and do it yourself. So many people are like, hey, can I get a shout out? Can I get a shout out? So like so many people in the replies, I mean, they were like, wow, this is awesome. Oh my God, Courtney. Like so many people were like, holy shit, writing like happy birthday, Tanya, love Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, why didn't I think of that sooner? So when people start to put this on cakes and like it becomes a trend, it's going to be like Courtney Fallon started that. It's birthday manifesting. You're, you're introducing the idea of birthday manifesting, which I love. And I would also like to take this moment before we close out the podcast to point out that you pointed to it as, as an at Advil moment, which is, of course, referring to our friend Abdul. Yes. Very famous Twitter Patriots fan and very talented photographer. And he is just like all over Patriots Twitter all the time. And you and he get, he's looked for the responses from Tom Brady. Dude. Every time Tom Brady posts an Instagram, the first person that I know that's commented on it is Abdul. So you, in the tweet, kind of called it out as an Abdul moment. And he objected kind of lightheartedly to it. And I would just like to say on air and for the record that there is no one that would, that was more appropriate for. Like he well, deserved the shout out on that one. Cause it was truly like, it was like Courtney inhabiting Abdul's soul for a second. I personally, he's very big on like impressions and this and his social media following. And I was like, I love that on my birthday, I single-handedly elevated your impressions like a hundred thousand yeah. times. And he had like such a, like a little mute response and didn't <laughs> care. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Do I sense a little jealousy? He goes, are you kidding me? I'm so fucking jealous. He was so mad. <laughs> I, 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 in my gloating phase as I'm running around my apartment, I actually sent it to Prez from Barstool. Yeah. And I, you know, cause that dude owes me a pizza review. Mm. Shout out to my you're, wine and dine boys. You're Adam better and Josh. off not on it. No, I mean, I, I will. for the pizza no, review. No, no, no. I, I will have my pizza review. Mm. We are just two Jews from Boston. I sent it to him and I was like, hey, like, yo, by the way, I just want to let you know that like, uh, I, I just went up to you and the only way that I'll ever one up you ever. And he just responded like big, like the, like it is he, big. Wrote, he wrote big, it is but big. like, he didn't even wish me a happy birthday <laughs> because it was kind of like he wanted to leave it at that yeah. because like he was just seething. He the was ultimate seething. ultimate compliment he is was... to not get like, to be like, I can't say any other words to you right now. Oh no, no. But yeah. it was just, it was just, Great. it was funny. It was funny that there was, yeah, there was some subtle jealousy. One of the things, and we'll close this podcast with like a, a little game that we're going to do live. There was something going around recently. It was called the Florida Man Challenge. Uh, did you hear about this, Tanya? I did. Of course I did. I'm okay. on the internet all goddamn day. I know, I know. You're all about this. So the Florida Man Challenge is where you go on the internet and you go into Google and you type in Florida Man on your birthday and up pops all of the obscure, horrendous headlines of like, Florida man does this. Florida man gets eaten by an alligator and then like cuts off his wife's nipples. Like, right. yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like stuff you can't even pretend. To I, I, would, I mean, brain. like, yeah. I think it would be the other way around on that. But um, you don't know it's Florida. It's Florida. I lived in Florida for three and a half years, so I know it was very. You know, I'm very like I'm very into. You were that. a Florida man. For okay, a while. so we're gonna play a little game called Florida Man. Uh, so we're gonna in, do this like in honor the- in honor of our birthdays. Okay. Um, in well, honor of my birthday. Yeah, I was like, not my birthday. Um, I am going to. We're, we're gonna we're gonna enter our birthdays and Florida Man, and we're just gonna read the headlines. Florida Man. All right, so we're doing this live. Like, I'm literally looking this up on my phone right now yep. because I didn't, This you sprung this on me. It's a surprise, which oh I love. Oh, my God. What do you got? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so wait, first, wait, 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 wait. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Florida oh, yeah. Man, October you, 9th, right? Yeah. Okay. Tanya's Libra, as okay. we mentioned. Yeah. 
So Florida man, April 16th, <laughs> the first one that comes up, naked screaming Florida man punches cars parked at Publix. Oh my God. Publix, be, having Publix in the headline is the most Florida <laughs> thing of wait, all time. Wait, but like that's, and that happened last year. Um, Florida man accused of firing urine-filled squirt gun at woman. <laughs> Ew, dude. What is like? What's happening? I don't. Oh, can I tell you something? Like, an anecdote regarding regarding this. I read that the reason that a lot of these headlines are so nuts, like why it's always in Florida, like oh, why is all this crazy stuff always happening in Florida? Is actually makes a ton of sense. And you and I should have already thought of this as journalists, but. They have a lot of open the 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 legal system is yeah. like forced in the to give information to the media that a lot of states they don't have to give. So the media has access to way more police records and things that are happening and like all of these like drug arrests and wild things are happening. It all gets out there in a way that it doesn't always get out in other states. So I I did kind of know that, but yeah. I thank you for reminding yeah. me. All right, Florida man asked about stealing beer and learns that it means jail. I think I, I heard about that. Oh, before. first of all, that's just great headline writing, by the way. Um, and then I'm gonna finish this off by saying Florida man says hooker's si- hooter sign fell on his foot. Video says so, assuming he stole the hooter <laughs> sign. Um, I, I feel like the ho- this Florida man challenge thing, it just um the fact that you brought up hooters and Publix in this is just like it made it so perfect because what could be more Florida than a hooters and Publix? I don't know if any, but like some people, I guess, haven't been to Florida. Why, you know, it's not necessarily Publix, whatever. Basically. But Publix is like the most, it's like, if you've ever been to Florida, those that's the big grocery chain. Well, no, so, chain. yeah, it's a big grocery market chain. But the best part about the reason the Publix is so great is that their their deli foods and their, their pre-mixed foods are very good. It's very cheap. Um, but there's also something within the system in Publix that they're very good to their employees. And yes. there's a Publix in every, like, on every corner, but they're just work-wise, They've they've just given back to charity and they're just they're very charitable in their contributions. Yeah, you know um, that's it's a, it, when you think when you think Publix, you think Florida in the same way that you think like Dunkin' Donuts and 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 I, New I England. Just, so. I just really want some some Publix fried chicken right now. So that's funny. All right, Florida man, October 9th. What do you Florida got? Florida man, October 9th. Uh, the top the very top one is Florida man shot outside bar after rejecting shot inside bar. Okay, so I love that because it it really references one of my favorite things, which is taking shots or yeah. like liquor in general. I don't take shots, but you know, anything that's got alcohol in it, I feel is close to my heart. Okay. You know, so that makes sense. So he gets shot after he refuses <laughs> to take a shot in the bar and then goes out and then gets shot by someone. Yeah, it's a real, it's so a like, real pun. Listen, I mean, like this guy was pretty pissed. It was like, I spent $5 on this Zelko vodka shot for mm-hmm. you. And the fact that you didn't take it, I'm going to put a bullet in your leg. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know sense. where he got the bullet in yeah. his body, but leg sounds about I mean, right. but okay, that makes sense. Um, so it's funny because now I'm like noticing that like a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, things that are coming up are just like re- referencing the referencing Florida Man the Florida Challenge, Man funny. I was just going to so, say that, yeah. But, okay. So here we go. So there's, there, here's a few that are coming up. Florida Man, woman charged with having sex in the middle of the road, which I'm going to say not that Florida. That's I, pretty Florida that to sounds, me. It sounds kind of Buffalo to me. Um, I would say that like having sex in the middle of the road, there something that would be very Florida would be like Florida, like having sex in the back of a pickup truck while driving on I-95 and caught on video is something that's like very Florida. Sure. Or like, you know, um, on, like 
on like the Kissimmee. What is that like? Kissimmee. That like freeway, freeway that's like, oh, goes, like the Everglades that I had to I drive forget, like a hundred times. I forget. Times. But like, if, it, if it was like naming a specific Florida locale, I would have, I would have uh, related I, to it. I seventy five. I mean, how many times have I drove through the Everglades? Like that's actually one of the scariest things. I had to go to Red Sox spring training a couple of times and driving over the Everglades. I mean, it's like you have one, you have one gas stop and like one help on the side of the road within 75 miles. You have to literally drive in like in the, in the pitch black dark. It's very scary. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's parts of, there's parts of Florida that are, cannot physically be in, been, be inhabited because they're like swamp. So they're that, you know, anytime you think about a swamp, it's never a good thing because Miami, as Billy Corbin would say, yes, continue. Give me, give me two more. I don't know. I don't think I have any more. So it's funny, Courtney, as like I go through this, it just starts going really rogue. And then it's just, it's just like a lot of murder headlines. And I think I genuinely think that like a lot of them have just been co-opted by people aggregating other Florida man stories. So I feel like I've been robbed of all of my Florida man glory. However, you're going to finish with one more. By the way, rogue, going rogue is like one of your favorite sayings ever. I do say go rogue a lot. I think sometimes uh, like when we do the podcast, we figure out we have like a lot of um, verbal tics that we didn't realize because then you, you I say to um, it again. um, a lot. And it no, makes you don't. Mad. Yes, you don't do um. Yeah. No one knows that because I cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. This is just an inside joke and it's not going to mean anything to anyone else. But I just want to say that Hurricane Michael continues to strengthen. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Hurricane Michael continues to strengthen. Okay. So okay. Next, this is not for you guys. This is <laughs> this is my final birthday present to Courtney. That is so fucked up. I can't even begin to tell you. And on that note, we're going to end the podcast. I hope you enjoyed our lengthy breakdown of the NFL schedule. By the way, the NFL draft is next week. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, I'm leaving you with this. Um... No one is talking about the Arizona Cardinals schedule after Cliff Kingsbury drafts Kyler Murray first overall and they start their resurgence. That is another one that I wanted to leave you with. Well, we will definitely be hitting on that during our draft conversation in a little while. And and in the meantime, guys, stay classy. I don't know. What, is uh, it? what do they say in Florida? Stay out of trouble because Miami. <laughs> adios, amigos. Uh, yeah, adios. Ciao. Let me get, let me get some cafecito. <laughs> Okay, goodbye. <laughs>